Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I think it's quite brave and ballsy to go. This isn't working for me. Hmm. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna end that chapter of my life, and I'm gonna fully commit to a new one. I think 100%. that I think that is a good strong decision. Yeah, I think and it is. I feel like I said that in a non-good way, but I meant it in a good way. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Balancing Acts. In this conversation, I talk to actor, comedian, and satiricist. Rosie Holt. Perfect. Hi, this is Steve Whiteley, comedian, actor, filmmaker and writer, all-round ADHD creative. And welcome to my new podcast, Balancing Acts, where I talk to an array of creatives ranging from comedians, actors, directors, all sorts. And we talk about how they find a sense of balance or not between their creative lives and their everyday lives and how that has an impact on their mental health and beyond. Balancing Acts is made in association with the comedy crowd who support independent comedy creators. They showcase the best new videos on ComedyCrowdTV.com and across media platforms. They support independent comedy creators and showcase the best new videos, including adult animation, sketch shows, web series, viral hits, and lots more. So if you're a creator, then do check them out. So during lockdown... Rosie started making these very funny uh, satirical videos, uh, such as woman very excited about finally leaving the EU. First shopping trip without a face mask. Woman angry as she thinks everyone is getting A's for A-levels. Very current, funny and relevant videos. And they're so good that a lot of people commented very angry because they actually thought, Rosie was a, a real person because people like that who she portrays actually exist. So I wanted to talk to her because, you know, up to like, I, we talk about this on the podcast, but I think up to about like uh, June or something, she was, she had about like two and a half thousand followers and on Twitter. And now it's shot up in sort of two and a half, three months to 45,000 odd. So we talk about that whole process and loads more. I've decided going forward that I'm not going to do such a detailed intro or like basically highlighting everything we discuss. It's not necessary, is it? Because you're you're going to find out about what we discuss when we discuss it. 
really. And I think, you know, it takes up like five minutes, five minutes of the podcast. It's just unnecessary. So take it from me. It's a, it's, it's a fun time chat with Rosie and we cover lots of ground. So there you go. That's a sell, isn't it? That's a, that's a, it's a light sell, I think they call it in the, in the sales industry. I don't know if that term even even exists, but it's it's not a hard sell. I'm moving away from the hard sell. It's more of a, a sort of enigmatic introduction, okay? But I've ruined any sense of enigma by explaining why I'm not hard selling. So there we go. Uh, I've I've recently returned from a from a holiday. I did say before I went away that I was hoping that I was going to release a podcast episode while I was away. That didn't happen because I'm very lazy and I did enjoy just sunning myself and um, swimming in the sea and eating seafood and then feeling guilty for eating seafood because, you know, I'm sort of this bad Buddhist who's trying to be vegan but just struggles along the way and falls off the wagon. So, you know, I, I was eating uh, this lovely food but then feeling guilty for it as well. What a neurotic fuck. And uh, I'm back now. Obviously, I'm back. As I said, I was on holiday and now I'm not. Uh, I, I'm moving flats. I'm moving flats this weekend. I'm moving out of the apartment. It's been a great run here. And it's time now to move on because it's a bloody expensive living on your own. So I'm moving in with a friend of mine and uh, that will be, should be fun. Should be fun. Um, I don't think we're going to have any any of those sort of typical flatmate tensions that arise because he is also... You know, he's like a practicing Buddhist. So it's against the rule book. It's against the Buddhist rule, but you can't have passive aggressiveness. Because if, if you have any 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 signs or any kind of passive aggressiveness in a, as a flatmate, basically the rule is you, you chop off right hand of the perpetrator, which I think is very fair and just and compassionate. So I think it will be fine. So I'm looking forward to that. But that does mean I'm going to have to find some other kind of podcast space. And I'm even thinking about going into a, you know, a proper studio, doing it all profesh. I'm thinking about it. Doesn't mean I'm going to commit to it. It's just an idea for now. So that's that. Now, I said I said earlier on that I decided that I wasn't going to do a whole sort of like highlight reel, as it were, uh, describing what uh, we talk about in podcasts because it takes up five minutes. I've just taken up four minutes or so just purely by rambling on. So without further ado, over to Rosie Holt. Also, I just want to apologize. The audio is not 100% from my end. I think there's something, I think my microphone was being quite rebellious and decided not to be its usual consistent audio self. Doesn't even make sense. But anyway, okay, over to the chat. Perfect. Where were you during lockdown? Are you with your family? Yeah, I was in Bath. Yeah. Um, which was great. Which was great on the whole. It's kind of surreal because I haven't lived back with my parents since, well, for years, like 15 yeah. years. What was that like then? Um, well, on the whole, it was really, it was actually kind of nice. Like, I get on well with my parents, but very strange. Was it? Because... I'm an I'm an adult now. Yeah. And you're going, what am I what am I what am I doing? Yeah. What's going on? And you start to realise how weird your parents are. Yeah. <laughs> like, like little things like my dad is um really patriarchal about the remote control. Like he has to be the one 
yes. who holds the remote control and he has to be the one who makes the coffee. Let little things. And Does I he think have to sit at the head of a table when you have dinner? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And he's not like, you know, he's, he's a really sweet, gentle man. But there's little things where I think yeah. he has to feel like he's exerting his, his manliness. Right. And then they come out in weird. Did you call him out on them? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, what are you talking about? That's funny. And, okay, and then so during this time... You uh, you started releasing a few videos and look at you yeah. now. Look, so, at, look at me now. It's amazing, isn't it? Because uh, I remember we spoke um, last time. I think we had like a well, we had a brief conversation. I remember was it we saw each other somewhere at Edinburgh Fringe uh, last was it like yeah. I think it was last year? It seems like everything time is just blurred into one. I know it's really weird, isn't it? And um, you were saying that you were having a break from stand up. I think. To focus yeah. on acting, I think you were doing you were doing the play that year, The Crown. Was that last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was last year. Yeah. And so since then, you you hadn't been doing stand up. Yeah, I kind of fell out of love with stand up. I mean, I was due to do the play um, at the beginning of lockdown. No, before lockdown started, I was due to go to America with the play. So the play right. was um, it was called The Crown Live. And it was a parody of Netflix, The Crown, uh, right, with yeah. me and one other actor called Brendan yeah. Murphy. Hello, Brendan. Uh, where we play all the parts. It was really fun. And we were just about to go to America with a tour with it. Wow. And then um, that, that all fell through. And, um, yeah, so I was down in lockdown kind of going crazy. And then about four months into lockdown, the videos took off, which was insane. Yeah, it's just been amazing to watch just in terms of the traction, just in so many different ways. Like one, just how I love just the different reactions, responses and how so many people don't realize it's satire. And that is just a credit to yeah. your performance. And it's just brilliant. It's so, it's so fascinating to see all these people different... Love get, they love getting angry. I think that's what it is. Because... Um, one woman got, she sent me a really reproachful tweet. She was like, you know, you should, this is not fair. And you should be making your videos more obvious um, to the fact that they're, that they're, they're satire. I saw that. I, said, yeah. not, I was like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to trick people. Yeah, it's amazing. But, it's amazing. And then it's like, it's bringing up so many different debates as well on all these different topics that you're covering. When, um, yeah. Do you script them or are you improvising? Or is there a mixture of both? Um, I mainly script them, uh, but I improvise a little, but it's mainly scripted. Okay. But obviously it's a sort of quite a quick turnaround because I try and do them quite quickly. Yeah. Because um, I'm reacting to whatever's kind of trending in the moment. Yeah, so you've got to be pretty quick, hot off yeah. the press. And but yeah, go on. No, it was, it was mainly going to be me kind of umming and ahhing because yeah, it's it's a bit of both, but mainly scripted. How does it how does it feel like so to go from you know I think you had am I right in thinking you had maybe like about two thousand odd followers prior to your yeah. first video? Yeah, I had about yeah I had about two and a half thousand followers 
And so now 45,000 or something, right? Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, this is like really in, the space of, in the space of what, two and a half months? Three months? Yeah, so the, the first video I did was uh, in June. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Crazy. Like you, I have to think about time. Yeah. I, that lockdown time's really weird. It's mad, isn't it? To really kind of go, oh, that's... <laughs> where are we on time? I also feel yeah. like at the moment, like where are we like on lockdown he says having just gone on holiday but just like coming back now it it still feels it's not back to normal no no i know i know because i are we i keep saying we are still in lockdown but are we we're not really in lockdown are we we are still sort of in lockdown we've got one foot in one foot out yeah making all about yeah lockdown ish lockdown ish exactly exactly yeah so how did you have any expectations like when you start releasing these videos no, I mean the the, fir- the first one I did did really well, so yeah. it it kind of instantly uh, took took off. I mean, when I came up with the idea uh, of the video, I I kind of was excited because I thought, oh, this is a great idea, but I didn't think, oh, this is a great idea. This is going to do really well. Yeah. But you know, you kind of think, oh, I'm I'm proud of I'm proud of this idea. I've come up with something good. Yeah. And then um, I made the right career choice. <laughs> But before then, I mean, I was going crazy because I was sort of had, you know, nothing to do. I, I, I'd been, I'd, I'd been due to go and do this tour in America. Then suddenly that had fallen through. Right. I, I mean, I'd been hit by, um, I mean, it was crazy because on March the 13th, I'd been doing this office job. Yeah. And um, I'd been, my last day on the office job was March the 13th. And I was due to leave to start this tour. And then on the way to my leaving drinks, I got a call from my acting agent. And he said, Rosie, I don't know what your job, day job situation is, but you need to hold on in there because the tour's, the tour's fallen through because of COVID. Fuck. And I was like, shit. And I said, I'm, I'm on my way to my leaving drinks. And he went, oh, I'm really sorry. I don't, I don't know what to say. So I went to my leaving drinks and I... It was so awful, Steve, because they they were really sweet. They got me like. Where was it? What were you doing? What were you doing work wise? It's really embarrassing, and you'll hate me, and everyone will hate me, so I can't say. Okay. Um, You work in the Tory government. (laughs) Um, Yes, I was a big Tory and immigration (laughs) officer. No, I wasn't really. (laughs) Uh, I was deporting people. No, I wasn't. Um, (laughs) No, I. They, but it was really sweet. They were all, they bought me some really nice leaving presents <laughs> and they, they bought me a present. With, it was a framed um, photograph that said love to travel on it. Right. And, and they made like speech, they did like a speech of how, you know, sad they were when I was going and I was just getting drunker and drunker because I was thinking I'm going to have to ask for my job back on Monday. Hold on. And so how long, how long into this? How long into this was this before you said anything? I, well, not very long. I was getting drunk as drunk as I got. I'd sort of turn to people and I'd go, I'm, I'm going to have to come back. <laughs> I'm not going on tour. It's the tour is finished. It's Amazing. And then, and then so I got very drunk and spent the whole weekend being very sick. And then on Monday, I rang my boss up and I said, um, the tour's fallen through. Do you think I can come back? And he said, no. Um, he said, you know, we're having to shut the office down. Um, everything's closing down. Um, 
So I spent two weeks panicking, thinking, what am I going to do for money, everything like that. And then my boss was amazing. And he called me back up and said, in all the pandemonium, we shut the office down. Uh, we forgot to file your P45, so we've managed to furlough you. So I got furloughed for a bit, which was brilliant. Oh, that's awesome. That's very nice of him. It was really nice of him. They were really, they were, it was a really nice job. So I was furloughed for a bit. I'm not furloughed now. They phoned me and then they were like, I went, oh, great. Do you want me back? And they went, no. Um, but, you know, that was nice for a bit. But yeah, so, sorry, this has got very rambly. So basically, the, what my, a long story short, the first four months of lockdown, I was at my parents' house, not doing anything. Yeah. Um, doing the odd, doing the odd kind of comedy sketch, putting it up on the internet, getting not very many views, thinking, what, what am I doing? Had you always, had, had it always been that kind of pattern where you just like every now and then come up with an idea and just release it rather than like consistently release content online? Yeah, because you kind of think, because I think the beginning of lockdown, like a lot of people, uh, a lot of people like, like us who were kind of, you know, write and create our own contact, you kind of think, oh, well, I've got all this time suddenly. This is the perfect opportunity to, to write that sitcom I was always going to write to, uh, to become, you know, I've now got the time because we spend so, well, I've always spent so much time going, ah, oh, it's just because I haven't had the time needed. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had time to, to become favorite or whatever. So, so suddenly I had this time and, and um, I went through patches of getting really down because I thought, God, now I've got this time and I'm not achieving anything. And um, so I always feel it was, it was just a bit lucky because with, with these videos, I mean, I was literally, I mean, I've always been, you know, interested in politics and things. And I was scrolling through Twitter and uh, it was during the Black Lives Matter protests and Sadiq Khan had posted that they were removing, um, they were removing a statue in London because of its associations, because he was a slave trader. And the comments underneath were like, this is disgusting. You know, you're taking away democracy and you're erasing history. And I thought, oh, brilliant. I'll just do a video of these people. And just, if I was being this person and I was going to take this argument, but I was going to logically follow through what they're saying. And then I put that out and then it very instantly kind of did well. And then it gave me something to do, which was brilliant. Yeah. But there was an element of luck in it in that, you know, I sort of stumbled on an idea that, that worked for me. Yeah, it's all about timing with these things, isn't it? Yeah. And then how did it feel? Like, how did it feel, you know, when you're getting all these notifications and you're getting all these people message you? How did it feel like from a positive perspective, but also was there sort of like any kind of like anxiety when you were getting the other side of the coin sort of saying, this is disgraceful. There, there was um, a lot of, I'd say there was more anxiety for me than, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was great, but I found it made me very anxious. I think because um, <laughs> I, was getting, I was getting a lot of abuse. I mean, it's great now because I've, um, A, I've worked out how to, you can set your settings so you can slightly filter it out. So now it's great because what Twitter does is it kind of 
moves all the abusive comments to the bottom. Huh. So now you can just click see more replies. So you have to kind of search for them a bit. Um, so, but I was, but also because of the beginning, um, the, although the videos were getting a lot of views, I didn't quite have the following. So now at least when I get abuse, there's usually people kind of going, oh no, it's leaping to my defense and going, oh no, it's satire. You don't get it. Where before I wasn't getting that. So it's just getting abuse. Yeah. So, it's also um, great. It's great also when the people that do leap to your defense, you know, they are proud of the fact that they know it's satire. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's you know, no, come on, we get it. We get it. <laughs> like no satire. Um, but also I think what was, um, quite tricky was um the the misogyny there's quite like um for example i don't know if you saw i did one video about i don't know if there was there was a woman who um went to a shop she was one of these no maskers yeah she'd she'd gone to a shop without a mask and she was like i've never felt so uncomfortable in my life anyway this afternoon i'm going to go to tesco's and um I did a piss steak and I went, um, you know, I went to the shop. A man came up to me and he threw a bell around my neck, presumably to warn people in the frozen food aisle I was coming. Um, people were shouting, burn the witch, burn the witch, <laughs> and hiding their children. Um, anyway, it made people really, really angry. And this one guy wrote underneath, um, oh, she, she clearly needs a good seeing to with like an enormous manhood or something take a mind off some petty such pettiness and i was like whatever it's like one misogynistic guy with a quite rapey tweet but the thing yeah. was this tweet got liked almost a hundred times wow. by men and women uh, really? so it kept like kept getting kept appearing in my timeline so things like that were a bit unnerving um and and I've noticed women women do it as much as men do it. Like um, not just pointing out stuff about my appearance, but if if I'm mocking uh, like Kirsty Olsop or um, who replied to you and on one tweet, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she. You're being she mean. I, she said I was mean. And um, who else did I mock? I don't. I can't remember. I'm, I'm Camilla Long and somebody. Somebody who was kind of saying, oh, this is great, but then they were very, they said a very hateful comment about Camilla Long's appearance. And I was just like, well, it's not, ne- it's not needed. Not necessary. So, yeah, so that, that's all a bit ugly. So that I found quite anxious. Also, when my, um, when my uh, followers sort of exploded a bit, I did have a kind of brief moment of being kind of, where I'd like tweet things and then I'd like delete them. <laughs> right, yeah, I can relate to that. Not like, that I have a huge like... following, but I can relate to that anyway. That anxiety of just releasing something. and But I can imagine yeah. that being sort of like massively emphasized when you've suddenly got all this following. Yeah, which I'm over now, but from a, it, it was just when it kind of briefly kind of shut, because um, in, in a week it sort of went up to 10, 10 from 10,000 to 20,000. And yeah. I was like, oh God, what if I tweet something really lame? <laughs> or, uh, or you don't want to endorse something that's wrong yeah, right. or incorrect or ill and, thought through and i can imagine also like that that sort of like almost pressure 
must magnify when sort of there's people that you respect and admire who start following yeah. you. And so yeah, all, these blue ticks, all these blue ticks are following you now. <laughs> yeah. That must be weird. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like just going back to what I was saying in that initial conversation, when you, I remember you saying to me that you were done with stand up and I don't know, perhaps you, know, you can say like timing, et cetera, and lockdown, or perhaps if you hadn't made that initial decision to stop doing stand up, then you might not have arrived at this point right now. Cause instead you might just be writing material to perform live. I mean, it's only, it just gets so samey though, wouldn't it? The material about the stand up material yeah. in lockdown. Oh, dad, dad in the remote control, eh? <laughs> but I guess oh, he's I mean, always making the coffee. Yeah. Head of the table. Um, but I guess what I mean is like sometimes when you just commit to something, there's some kind of energy in that. And then that, that opens doors that otherwise wouldn't be open if you hadn't have gone down that, that path or chosen yeah. to stop doing something. Sometimes saying no to something is as powerful as like saying yes to something. Yeah, completely. Yeah. So what, um, what go on, sorry. No, I think, I think I've, I think I'd finished. Okay. <laughs> I can't tell you what I was going to say. Um, so, like, when things are back to normal, do you want to be doing any live performances? I think I'm really done with stand-up. I completely fell out of love with it. I mean, weirdly, I started to fall out of love with it when I was, when I was actually starting to get some traction and doing well at it. Why is but that? I, I, don't, I don't know, but I got to the point where... Even when, um, you know, I'd have a good gig and it went well, it wasn't worth it for how much dread I was feeling going to go and do it, if that makes sense. Is that so, the, due to the, the performance, performance anxiety? Y yeah, I, I think, yeah, I was just sort of dreading going and doing it. I don't, I don't know why, because to begin with, the first, so I, I did it for about, um three four years i i don't even know but when did you start doing it i don't know i can't do dates oh yeah sorry no we don't know all time leads into one moment right i now. don't know that time okay um i did it let's see no i can't work it out okay um yeah um but i i think for the first no i keep trying to work it out and i can't okay. um but the first the first two years I, I did genuinely really, really enjoy it. And then I just, I just stopped enjoying it. I stopped enjoying doing it. And when they didn't go well, I found them really painful to the point that even when they did go well, I just, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't worth it. Okay. Um, and it was, and then for a while I was kind of valiantly battling through and then it just, it was such a relief to give up. And I thought well, to begin with, I thought I'll stop and then maybe I'll, I want to, I want to start again soon. And then I just, I just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, I definitely, you know, I wouldn't rule out doing, of course, I love, I love writing and creating things, uh, but it wouldn't be, I don't think it'd be doing stand up. Okay. Maybe it'd be doing character, character comedy, which I've done lots of before, but not, not, not straight, not straight stand, up. stand up. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it's so good to be able to get to point and just like be decisive and just decide actually, no, this isn't for me. Because it can be so easy to just like have one foot in and just, wow, well, let's just see kind of what happens. And then before you know it, 
sort of time. We don't know how much time, but uh, some time has drifted by. <laughs> and, I don't uh, know how much time. Could yeah. be, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you're just like, oh, okay, I'm still not enjoying this. So I think that's like yeah. a really, like, it's, yeah, it's a strong move to, to make that decision. And that's sort of something that Thank I. Thank you. Yes, I like, I always like to think of giving up as strong. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's the a, a book. There's a book by. Do you know a guy called Seth Seth Godin? Seth Godin? Do you heard of him? No. Uh, he's got. He's like this famous marketer. He's got all these books, and he's got this whole book about like why it's good to give up. Should give up, and I really enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds. I'm going to go with that theory. <laughs> but I think. Do you know what? I think there's a lot of that because it's a bit like, um, you know, because I trained as an actor, and the, to begin with, when you leave drama school, when when people first start giving up acting and it's such a horrible sort of phrase like giving up acting people are always like oh god they've given up how sad oh they couldn't stick it <laughs> and and actually I think it's a really brave thing to do because it's a horrible awful shitty industry yeah and actually it's it there, there's actually a lot of um I think it's quite brave and ballsy to go this isn't working for me hmm. I'm I'm gonna I'm going to end that chapter in my life and I'm going to fully commit to a new one. I think 100%. that, I think that is a good, good, strong decision. Yeah, I think and it is. I feel like I said that in a non good way, but I meant it in a good way. <laughs> I think it really is. I was listening to a podcast the other day. It was an interview with Hugh Jackman, who just seems like the nicest oh, guy. Lovely Hugh Jackman. Yes. And, um, he was said, like he was saying when he got into acting, he had like this timeline and he was like, 30 well i get i think it's 30 or 31 we get to 31 it's still not happening the party's over that's it like yeah. I, I just didn't want to be one of those people like in la who were just like oh this i, I got a friend who speaks this casting director and they've just said that you know potentially i can get in there and they just continue continuing and it's like they should have left the party a long time ago and look some people you know they can go on for ages and then suddenly they have a break uh, uh, later on in life and that's amazing fair play to them but yeah i think it's i think it's definitely a healthy thing if you decide that nah, you know what it, i think a lot of it comes down to passion how much passion have you got for it because you've got to have so much passion to do it and if you haven't got that passion what are you doing it for right. yeah there's a great book called the understudy by david nichols who wrote um one day okay. um and it's a much less loved book he did it beforehand because it's it's not so rom commy but it's about a guy who's an actor um, and, and David Nichols used to be an actor and he is an actor who decided to give up and, you know, and then he became, an, he became a writer. But the book basically, it so well describes the, the many humiliations about being an actor right. and being a, a not terribly successful actor. Okay. But the book is, is, is I mean, it's, it's, it's also a rom-com, but the, the book mainly is about a guy's journey to deciding that actually... He's not going to be an actor anymore, but it's, 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 I think it's, it's a great, it's a great novel. Okay. But I'll have to check. Yeah. What's it called? Sorry. Called The Understudy. The Understudy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have to, I have to read that. Perfect. 
Hello, sorry to interrupt in the middle of this insightful conversation, which I'm enjoying, I'm sure, just as much as you are. But I need to give you guys a little reminder. Uh, If you like this conversation, this episode, if you like balancing acts in general, then please do subscribe to us, rate and review us because it makes the world of difference. And the more reviews we get, the more rates we get, the more people can discover the podcast and we can make it go viral, whatever that means. Okay, back to the chat. So what do you do? All right, it's a difficult question to ask right now because already everything is like topsy-turvy. But when things were in a normal state, what does Rosie do to sort of like relax and chill out when you're you're not in in your performing mode? What what you mean when when I'm like do you like when 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 you you know when you're when you're doing the acting and things are normal yeah yes. what do you do outside of that to give you some sort of like degree of sanity oh um oh i don't, I don't know steve go for walks meet my friends have a little read of books are you a fan of the solo walking i love you know what i love a good walk yeah i'm a big fan of solo walking yeah. When you're going on solo yeah. walks, do you sort of like, do you take in what's around you? Are you sort of like more just thinking, just thinking things? Um, th- um, I, I, uh, I used to, do you know what's sad? I used to be a thinker, a walker and a thinker. And I think mobile phones and things have destroyed my concentration. So now I'm more of a listen to a podcaster as I walker. Yes, sir. Yeah. I, I get that. Um, I do love I do love going for walks. I'm a big believer in it. Yeah, I, d- I do love a good walk. I do love a good walk. Sometimes, like if I feel like I'm in a creative, uh, creative uh, dead end, I'll go for a walk because I think it's like, oh, this is this is the thing you do. You go for a walk and you try and you know. No, but do you know what? It, it really works. That's what I do. Um, I mean, I. I, I need to find my um, what's what said routine better now I'm back in London because I haven't been back in London for that long. But certainly when I was in Bath and I was sort of um, writing writing my um, videos, the way I would do it is I'd sort of like, you know, in the morning I'd kind of blitz Twitter in the papers and, and I'd go, okay, this is what I want to do a video on. And then I'd sort of write various things on a pad and then I'd go on a walk and it was only when I'd go on a walk that I'd start everything would start falling together and I'd start thinking oh she'd say this or that and that and then I'd come back from the walk and then I'd then I'd do the video would you would you record a lot of the ideas like into your phone or you just sort of just have them in your head just I just have them in just have them in the old mugging no, I'd, you'd, I'd go for a walk with a little pad and then occasionally stop and write and put them in there. Oh, you do old school. You've got the, the pen and pad. Yeah. Yeah, that's classic, right. Classic, classic, creative art. No, because if my thing is, if I took my phone, I knew I'd, because I'm so easily distracted, I knew right. I'd either go on Twitter or, or I'd phone somebody or I'd yeah, listen yeah, to yeah. something. Can't do it. I'd have to leave my phone at home. And what, what when you when you do listen to your your podcast? What are your podcasts of choice? I love um, Adam Buxton. Yes, podcast. He's wonderful. Um, Heavyweight. Have you listened to that? No. 
Oh, it's so good. So it's this American podcast and it's this guy called Jonathan Goldstein. And he uh, basically, it sounds wanky and it is a little bit, but it's brilliant and it's very funny and sweet. And it's this, Jonathan Goldstein basically helps um, people who, um, if there's something in their life that they've never quite really got over. Um, so for example, it can be completely random. So for example, one episode, it's this woman who, when she was 12, um, her best friends, they all just turned against her one day and they stopped speaking to her and she never, she never knew why. And she's never really got over it. And she's now 45, but she's never quite really understood why her friends turned against when she was 12. So he like helps her track down her 12 year old friends and understand why that was. And then, and then the best episode is in the first series, which is this, he's got this very neurotic friend called, who I think is called Limmy, who used to be friends with Moby (laughs) before Moby was famous. And he and Moby used to like listen to songs together. And he said to Moby, oh, you should listen to, I've got all these old amazing records of all these old like um, songs sung in the deep south and you should listen to them. And he lends Moby these, these records and, Rob, and, Mo, and Moby uses these records to sample on which makes play, you know, the, the, the album that makes yeah. Moby famous. And then after that, he loses touch with this guy and he never, so he never thanks Limmy for A, for lending him these, 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 these CDs that make him famous. But also, he never gives him back this, these CDs. And so Lemmy like tries like um, phoning him and leaving messages being like, hey Moby, um, you never gave me back my, my records and, um, and thank me. And so, <laughs> so Jonathan helps him track down Moby. It's brilliant. What it's happened? Great... What happened with you? My... Have, you have to listen. Oh to God, listen. okay, I have to listen. This sounds so brilliant. Good. That so sounds good. very good. Okay, I'm writing that down right now. I don't now. think his name is Limmy, but I just made it as Limmy. It's a good name. It's a good name. It should be. Yeah. It should be Limmy. It should be Limmy. Something, okay. It's something strange like that. Yeah. But okay. it, it's called Heavyweight, and it's great. Okay. I would definitely check. There's just there's so many good podcasts, isn't there? It's just so many. Yeah. Where do you start? I know there is a lot. And okay, so walks. What about things like? Um, are you into uh, like meditation or exercise or stuff like that? Um, I didn't used to like exercise at all, apart from walking. But since lockdown, I have got into doing yoga a lot, which I never didn't thought it? I'd do. Because yeah, it's great. Yeah. And also, like yoga with Adrian. Wow, what a goddess! You she's done her? bloody well as well. She's her videos. She's skyrocketed she's since like, lockdown. She's got like eight million. She's yeah. got eight million views. So she, I mean, she's like she's beautiful. She's got a dog. She says calming things like "Hello, my friends," and "Oh, I'm so sorry you've got a headache today." Um, I really like her. She's really calming, and some of her videos are only ten minutes long. Um, so I do a lot of yoga also because I, as I've spoken to you about before, I suffer from terrible migraines, so I um have heard that yoga is supposed to help i don't think it has been helping but i like it gives the impression to me that it helps yes yeah, placebo so, effect yeah so um how long have I've you suffered doing... migraines for so i've always been um 
I think most people say migraine, but I always say migraine. I was about to say migraine, migraine. Yeah, but I I say migraines. Um, I've always suffered from them, but they've got really, really bad over lockdown. So at the moment, I'm getting them. um, I've always had patches where they've been more frequent, um, where I'll get them sort of every month or so. But the problem is over lockdown, I'm getting them every week or so. And it's and terrible. when you get them, is it like completely debilitating? So you've got to spend the, the yeah. day in a dark room. Because I was saying my mum yeah. suffers the same thing and she can't leave like a she can't leave her bed for like two days or something. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. So I'm I'm Awful. out for a day or two and being sick in a bucket. Not in a bucket, in a bowl. I should stop saying a bucket. It makes me sound like I'm being locked up in a dungeon. And there's a lot of sick, a lot of vomit. The bucket is a lot <laughs> yeah. to fill up. <laughs> yeah, much the bowl is sort of like <laughs> time it quite well. It's a little bit a more bowl dainty. Sounds, bowl sounds more civilized. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, Father, where's my bowl? <laughs> I got an extra remote control. Yeah, got the monkey nuts in it. Just a little, just a little bowl. Just, just a, a bowl. little bowl. You would have Father, thought by now. Nice you would have thought by now that they, the people that come up with stuff and, and uh, you know, solutions and all this sort of stuff, they would have figured this out, how to sort out the migraines. But it seems to be the one thing. Also, dude, the worst thing is my brother, my older brother, is he's a neurologist. Well, he's a bad so, brother if he hasn't sorted it out yet. If, yeah, if anyone, if anyone should be working it out, it's him. He's, he gets them as well. He doesn't get them as bad as I do, but he gets them. Um, but yeah, over lockdown, they've been insane. And the problem is I used to be able to um, at least go, there'd be obvious triggers, like they were if I was stressed or, um, you know, tired or I'd eaten too much sugar or drank too much alcohol. But now there's uh, there's no obvious trigger. So I'm not smoking weed. I wonder if smoking weed would help. Probably make it worse. I should probably it? stop doing that. Yes, that would be it. No. Um, I... <laughs> I don't think that would be no. I think that would be worse. Mm, that always makes a bit bit headachey. Yeah, well, it's, you think it's, good, it's maybe good for arthritis, isn't it? No, yeah, it's not the same thing, is it? It's just a different type of pain. <laughs> <laughs> it worked for that, so it should work for that. <laughs> Helps it all. Helps it, yeah. Yeah, that's a fucker. That's a real fucker, isn't it? Yeah, it's really annoying. Yeah, it makes me feel like a sickly Victorian child. I can imagine. Like, I, I, I'm not very good with pain. Like, I get the mildest headache. And I was like, oh, where's the paracetamol? <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't be able to, I don't know how you do it. I really like, I think my mum's a trooper. Just, just get on with yeah, it, I guess. Well, what can you do? Yes. Yeah, I'm just um, hoping they, they stop soon. Because it's just a bit, you're a bit like, well, God, what if something important happens? Yeah. What if I get married? I, I'm not getting married. No. <laughs> Do you want to? Would you like to get gotta married? Be pre- gotta be prepared. Um. <laughs> Have a bucket full of paracetamol. No, a bucket on one side, paracetamol on the other. I do. <laughs> exactly, and it's not going to look awful. What about the pictures? Do you? Um, uh, yeah. Do you? What, 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 what's your thoughts on marriage? Okay, my thoughts on marriage is I really want to get married. Okay. Um, I do agree with all the arguments i want to keep my name i don't like the whole um silly isn't it pa- patriarchal thing no. like i'm like why is 
why is the father taking you down the aisle and, and, and uh, giving you off to another man? That's gross and weird. So the problem is I haven't quite worked out how to get married with all my views. Right. I still want to get married. It's yeah. a bit like my feelings towards a lot of films that I like, where I'm like, I can see all these are wrong and don't fit with my views, but I still love them. Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman, mm. exactly, exactly. Um, in but it must be nice. It might, maybe it's not, you know, maybe it was nice for her to have, you know, those treats, that beautiful bubble bath. That don't, that's pretty much what was happening in the podcast yesterday. Right, okay. okay I was let's going, not repeat she, it, was ni- it was nice. <laughs> yeah. She had a nice time. Yeah. You know, there are lots to be said for good, you know, memories, memories and yeah. experiences. Yeah, you okay. got it. You got, You've it. got it, right? Yeah, I like, but I like the idea of my marriage. I think it's romantic. I like the idea yeah, but of being like... But what, the thing, I'm, I'm a romantic. Yeah, I think I am a romantic. But the problem <laughs> yeah. I find with me is that the romance dies out. It like, for me, I get bored. Once I'm, no, it does, doesn't it? Like, after, after, after a while, no. when you're just sort of like mates, you're just friends, and you just, you're, you're fed up with each other. You just, you can't bear at the sight of each other. Where, no. It, <laughs> not true love. No, it's not, true. Not, not when you've met the love. one. You haven't met the one yet. That's your problem. That is your problem. When you meet the one for you, won't be like that. No. But do you yeah, reckon then people... Marry. But then do you... All right. Okay. So then yeah. the people that have got divorced, do you think at the time they thought they had met the one? They must have thought that that was the one for I them. I think... Sometimes I think they do. Sometimes I think people get married and, uh, and I, I, think they know, I think they know it's not quite right. And they think and they I just think do it, it anyway. No, I think, but I do think, I don't think it's as simple as that, but I know, um, I, I think it's more complicated, but I know, but I, there's different, there's different relationships where there are some relationships where you're in, where you're like, oh my God, I'm so in love and this is so brilliant. But there are other relationships where you're in too long and it's not quite right you're not in there because you're settling you're in for other reasons you're in because you're like well oh but but maybe this is what it's like and you just don't realize yeah you like well you sort of just talk yourself you coax you oh come on just give it another just a few more weeks give it a month see if you turn a corner well exactly and i know people that's happened to and i think there's marriages that's that's happened to yeah 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 and i'm like for example my parents are ridiculously happily married I thought you were going to say the opposite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they hate each other. They just fell into they... each other. <laughs> For years, she's been what, wrestling the remote control from him, but he won't. <laughs> he won't give it up. I mean, that probably happens when you're in love. That's part of the love thing, isn't it? Because you've got to. It's all about compromise. It's all about compromise in relationships. Yeah, they, they have to say they don't compromise. She just let, she just lets him have the remote control. That's probably why they're happy. Well, there you go. That's a compromise. She's she compromising. Lets that. Have. <laughs> she lets him have the sort of irrelevant things, and then when it comes to the the big things, I think she lets him have that too. I mean, right. you know, okay. but it. it it's fine. It's no, not a perfect it, relationship. But they... <laughs> suddenly, suddenly you're realising all these gaping holes in your parents' marriage. Uh, Mum, uh, about Dad, not sure it's that healthy. <laughs> I remember when she watched The Handmaid's Tale and she was like, this has opened my eyes. And my dad was like, why did you, why did you let her watch this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I speak to my, my dad and he's sort of like, you know, 
you know, sort of the, the women of today, it's not, they're not the same sort of like <laughs> my generation. They're a lot, they're a lot stronger minded now, you know, um, diff- very different times, very different times, but you know, fair play because you know, it's a balance now. It's balancing things out a little bit, but it's not easy. It's not easy. It's so funny, but but my mum's a bit like that as well. Like my mum, in some ways, is very kind of you know she talk about something, and like intellectually, she's she'll, she'll be you know feminist and that kind of things. But for example, if I'm say talking about a friend who's having a hard time with her husband, who's not pulling his weight or whatever, she'll she'll be listening to this and I'll go on. Oh, she's having such a tricky time because he doesn't do any childcare or whatever, and she'll she'll be nodding away and then she'll go. Poor man. And I'll go, <laughs> Mum, no, that's not that's not the takeaway from the story. She'll go, it's so hard for men these days. You all expect so much from them. So I think I think I t- both all our parents just very bemused about the new <laughs> the new ways of doing things. But I tell you, I do the think that ways. maybe um, you know, as people expect too much from each other of what what they expect everything from their partner they want their partner to be basically all i'm doing now is i'm plagiarizing do you know esther perel have you heard of her yes oh yeah. that's she's, another great podcast she's amazing isn't she she's oh, great that's so good so yeah. she you know she you know she says that uh, we expect them we expect them to be a lover she doesn't know it's a terrible yeah. I'm not even gonna, I tried no to, i thought that was actually i thought you. that was actually it was very all right, good wasn't it? it was all right yeah uh, <laughs> We expect them to be our lover, our best friend, our confident, all, all these, our confident, all these things. It's like, it's not realistic. Yeah. So that's why you should have one wife to be a lover, one to be a confident, yeah. you know, have uh, seven wives and that you can have one for each, each thing. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant, Steve. That's great. I think you should, I think you should do a blog about that. <laughs> You're like, where's he going with this? Just watching your face. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's parody Steve. Next video. <laughs> I'm going to have you cancelled. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you now yep. and cancel you later. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Right. This isn't going out, is it? <laughs> I have the power to edit. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. So that's, um, that's that, that's uh relationship. I think we did. I think we've covered that very well. That, done. that, that segment, it's just done, isn't it? Sorted. Yeah. Yeah. Dusted. Yeah. Never actually, I've never had, we've never trodden this ground before on the podcast talking <laughs> about theorizing marriage and that kind of thing. Yeah. It's good. There you go. Refreshing. Covered yeah. it. Covered it. Yeah. The only opinion you need mine. Than yeah. yours. More yours. <laughs> Mine might get me a bit of trouble. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a couple of other things. Um, okay. Such as, um, have you read, have, 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 have there only been any books that you have read that have had a, a massive, or it doesn't have to be massive, could this be an, a, an impact on your life, a positive impact of some sort? Um, yes. I'm sure there has. I I read I read a lot, Steve. Um, what but what? Um, what have what have I read that's had an enormous impact? Hmm. There's very I mean there's various books I've read where I where I think 
I don't know if they've had an enormous impact, but I'm just that have kind of blown me away that I can think of. Um, have you? This might not be the right answer to your question. Okay. Have you read Just Mercy or heard of Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson? No. So he is a human rights um, he's a human rights guy. Okay. Uh, he's amazing, and he he works in America, and he he in particular uh, works at getting a lot of people off death row. In particular, um, um, black people, because as we know now, especially in light of Black Lives Matter, um, black people disproportionately get thrown in in prison in America uh, for crimes they did not commit. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, he's he's black as well, and um, which which and he's written this amazing book, Just Mercy, where he sort of details his trials and most famous case which was this guy Walter who was in prison for something like 15 years I think he was in on death row for 15 years for a crime he didn't commit but not only did he like not commit it but what was crazy is um there were there were 15 witnesses to show that he didn't commit it he was like um he was at a family barbecue at the time of this murder um which was several miles away and there were 15 people at the barbecue who saw him there, but because they were all poor and black, they didn't, it didn't count and no one cared. And, um, and also because he was poor, he couldn't really afford a decent lawyer and the lawyer didn't even turn up at his trial. And even when Brian Stevenson could kind of put all this, this case forward, they didn't care. And this is, this is not, you know, an old case. This is the case like from the last 10 years or so. Right. Um, but it's a fascinating book, and and not just that, but it also details not just sort of African Americans, but kind of poor white Americans. It's just a really, really fascinating book, and that kind of blew my mind. And I think I read that about five, six years ago. But it was one of those books that really stayed with me because you kind of go, you're looking at something which is just such a clear injustice, hmm. and 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 the fact that because you kind of go, oh, okay, he's found these clear injustices. But fine, now he's going to put it forward and he's going to go, oh, look, but you can see now that um, there's all these clear evidence that he didn't do it. And so you're thinking he'll just he'll just get these people off now. But it doesn't work like that. They still have to wait several years before he can actually get them off. These, it's just it's just it's just kind of mind boggling. Yeah. So crazy that that book um, has been one of those books that kind of really is, is something that I find myself bringing up again and again. As something that sort of blows my mind a bit. I don't know if okay. that answers your yes, questions. Yes, it does. Okay, great. I will uh, I'm gonna write that down and I'm going to read yeah. that. I've, I've, I don't know about you, in lockdown, I buy book binge. I book, I, I binge buying lots of books. It's a very clumsy yeah. phrase. It doesn't exist in the English language. <laughs> book binge. Yeah, buy book binge. Book um, binge. Because it's like the one thing that gives you a bit of joy, you know, when the Amazon yeah. like, delivering those books. You probably shouldn't be buying from Amazon, but you, it's said, just... you said that in a really <laughs> wistful way. Oh, those were good times. I you know, just, can... just wait for Amazon to deliver <laughs> those books. <laughs> yeah. Will they come today? I don't know. 
Do you, tomorrow. Do you, uh, it's my birthday every day. A new book every single day. But I'm, I'm drowned in books at the moment. Drowned in books that I haven't yet read because I bought yeah. so many during lockdown. Yes, um, I know what you mean. I've done that recently. I, I've the beginning of lockdown. I read a lot. Um, I, I read the Count of Monte Cristo, which is massive. Oh, wow which is amazing. Read it. It's the best book I've ever read. It's so exciting. And I got kind of twitchy about it. I couldn't put it down and I couldn't sleep. I got so obsessed with this book. The most exciting book I've ever read in my life. I love it when that happens. It's so wonderful, but it's also so big that you'll read it nonstop for two weeks. But in terms of book binging, I have done that since I got back to London. I went to the shops, yeah, and I bought a bag. I literally bought a load of books that I haven't yeah, read and I've, I thought, why have I bought all of you books? I, I just, I'm not going to get through you all. And the then pressure. they just sit on my sh- shelf and, and I'm, I'm like, I probably won't read you for years. Yeah. You'll and just, just sit there. And you just, you've just put untold of sort of unnecessary pressure on yourself. The books yeah. are just staring at you like, when are you going to read me? You got me and I'm just yes. sitting here. Someone else could have been reading me. You're wasting me and you're wasting my life. You're wasting your life. Completely. Also, do you know what I do, which is really bad? I have a really bad habit of starting to read a book. I get about halfway through. I tell everyone about the book. I'm like, guys, this book's really good. It's a really <laughs> important book. You really should read this book. It's a really important book. And then I never finish it. Yeah. And it just, it's just halfway through. And I've told everyone about this book. And I'm like, oh, it's a really good book. Really important book. Really, really book that everyone should read. And then I've, I've only read half of it. There's lots of those books. Yeah. It's like... I don't know, it's not actually, it's not really the same at all. I was going to say, it's like being, going into relationships, like, yeah, this is it. She's the one. Definitely it. It's amazing. The connection, we've got, it's just incredible. And then you break up sort of six months in. Yeah, about yeah. that. Um, <laughs> Makes yourself look like a real arsehole. <laughs> no, that's fine, Steve. You just haven't found the one yet. We've been over this. We've been over this, this yeah. Because you just haven't found her yet. Um, get married forever and have six children. Yeah, no divorce. No divorce. Not going to happen. Okay, look, um, it's been wonderful sharing this last hour with you. And uh, I'm, I am genuinely very happy for your, your rocketing six viral success. It's always great. I think it's great. I love it. I love seeing when you see sort of like one of your contemporaries um, do well. It's great. Yeah. So thank you. Um, well, thank you very much for having me on your podcast. You're very welcome. I'm going to ask you one last question. I ask all the guests of podcasts. Um, yeah. What does the idea of balance mean to you or not, Rosie Holt? Balance? Yeah, because the podcast is called Balancing Act. So <laughs> just, <laughs> I need to make it sort of like slightly relevant. <laughs> like, okay, balance. What does it mean to me? Um, and, and also, oh, if you want to make it yeah. relevant to you, and I'm not putting words in your mouth here, but I kind of am. But, People, yeah. people, they can basically talk about, obviously, yeah. like their everyday life, etc. But if you want to refer it to uh, politics, you can do uh, whatever you choose. Oh, oh yeah. I only said that because you know you're you're a satiricist. <laughs> well, I think you know balance. Um, balance is very important, isn't it? Like yes. having getting getting a good balance. But I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you just put me put me into a ramble. Good. Well, especially in these um, tribal times. Yes. That I, I feel that we are getting a bit tribal. Um, as somebody who, you know, uh, politically identifies as left, but not far left. I, well, you really put me into a ramble mode in now. Um, I feel that 
um, we, we, we need to be a bit more understanding of each other and then we're better at finding a better balance in society. There we go. Couldn't have said it better myself. That's well, the sound that's bite. So articulate. I'm going to make a video of it <laughs> as me, not as, not as the posh lady, just as me. And they'll be uh, like, wow, she's just as articulate and knife edge as herself. Is this real? Is she serious? <laughs> Uh, so for people that want to find out more about you and your wonderful videos, they can find you at, at Rosie Holt on Twitter and at Instagram. Ro Rosie at Rosie is a Holt. Ah, at Rosie is a Holt. Okay. Yeah. Very important distinction. Very yeah. much so. Okay, yeah, Rosie. Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, it's been a delight chatting to you. You too. Thank you very much. And, uh, uh, thank you for coming on and I look forward to watching more of your very funny videos thanks so much Steve perfect and there we have it Rosie Holt in the building via Zoom that was a great chat lots of fun really enjoyed chatting to Rosie and find her videos hilarious as is she well she she would be wouldn't she if her videos are hilarious that means she would be but you can obviously you can obviously hear from that conversation that she's naturally very funny person. So yeah, great chatting to Rosie. And uh, on the next episode, I think I'm just waiting to confirm it. It's going to be a slight uh, different vibe. I'm going to be talking to a group of documentary makers, I think. I think I just want to wait for the confirmation who've collaborated and they've created this incredible documentary on immigrants' experience in Italy. So that should be a very interesting conversation um i'm being slightly elusive with it like i say because it's not confirmed just yet but hopefully should be so that one will be out the following week again <laughs> hopefully uh hope you in uh lots of hope lots of hope here in there in this, this this segment of the podcast outro hopefully you enjoyed that uh, conversation and if you did please do rate and review it on apple and uh, tell your friends to subscribe and subscribe if you haven't done because uh, it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Okay, thank you for listening. Until next time, see you later. Balancing Acts is made in association with the comedy crowd who support independent comedy creators. They showcase the best new videos on comedycrowdtv.com and across media platforms. They support independent comedy creators and showcase the best new videos, including adult animation, sketch shows, web series, viral hits, and lots more. So if you're a creator, then do check them out. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.